0: Welcome to Macintosh and Mod. Haven't seen what? The podcast where we make each other watch movies we should have already seen. I'm Diana.
1: And I'm David.
0: And today we are doing our James Bond wrap up.
1: It was too big a series not to talk about again. One last time.
0: Yeah. So of course, our original plan was to see No Time to Die and call back some of our friends and talk to them about their experience watching that film, how they feel about it how did I feel about Craig's official exit from the franchise? Like, how, do all of that. But the world exploded. So uh, <laughs> Kind of
1: kind of like a James Bond movie.
0: Yeah. Like, insert world is not enough joke.
1: <laughs> I mean.
0: Yeah. So we're just going to wrap up where we are now. And we're just going to take our, our hiatus like we normally would have after the Oscars. And then when the movie eventually comes out, we'll see it and we'll do it all then. And we'll, we'll revisit our old friends.
1: So let's talk about just James Bond in general. 25 Mm -hmm. movies. 26.
0: We've watched 26 films.
1: Related to James Bond.
0: 24 official Eon Productions Uh plus Casino Royale and Never Say Never Again.
1: I'm not ranking Casino Royale. No. That movie shouldn't exist. That
0: movie is a garbage film (laughs) uh, with garbage people. Several garbage people.
1: No. No, thank you. So having seen all of these movies- It is impressive that this has remained a franchise because I feel like at least twice they almost lost it entirely. Agreed. Like at the end of Connery's final run with Eon, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: after Diamonds Are Forever, I highly doubt they were ever going to make another one. They were getting real close to just selling the rights off.
0: Well, and we, we talked about, I mean, man, it's so weird because we watched those movies two years ago. Yeah. Like, we've been doing this for such a long time. It's been such a journey. The film industry had never had one person in a franchise role. They, they never dealt with handing it off. We didn't we didn't know how to do that. Clearly, they fumbled it. <laughs> um, and then, you know, when they did their second take with Roger Moore, it was like, all right, this can going to be a bumpy for a moment, but we're fine we just have to commit
1: but then the endrone of Roger Moore i am amazed that they ever made more movies
0: i'm not i'm not <laughs> honestly i'm not because looking at it it's just you can see what happened it became a foregone conclusion that we are just going to make a bond film on this schedule and since we haven't reached an agreement with a new bond and our old bond kept saying yes so we're just going to keep doing it. Roger Moore has completely agreed to the fact that he did too many.
1: Oh my god. He yes. stayed
0: on way too long. They made jokes about it in the movie, which is also adorable and I appreciate that. We love it when they make fun of Bond's age. <laughs> so that that was part of it. I don't I don't think there was ever they were ever going to lose it at that point. It was just we have to pump the brakes here. We have to change tactics, which they wildly tried to do with Dalton.
1: They got so lucky at the end of the Dalton run because they had John Glenn, who Mm -hmm. could not do these movies. Like, I'm sorry. Those are some of the worst in the entire run Mm -hmm. are the movies he helmed, despite the fact that he had an eye for action and he had an eye for big set pieces. It was just that they... They there was no story.
0: Well, there's no writing. But they weren't committed to what they were gonna do. No, they were trying to have it like one foot in the old world and one foot in the new world with a brand new bond. And you can't do that. They could have done it if they had the same bond to carry them through. To be like, okay, we're gonna have you know, let's if we did this with Roger Moore. Like, okay, we had Roger Moore, and now with this movie. We're going to make Bond more violent. So okay, everything else is the same except Bond is super fucking violent. Okay, let's let the audience get used to that and then now we can change Bond's and now Bond is super violent and a different Bond, but they didn't have that safety net and they they just kept hedging their bets. And so that's what really screwed over Dalton. What
1: a different universe this would be if For Your Eyes Only ended handing over to Timothy Dalton.
0: Oh, oh yeah.
1: What a would have been different so weird world
0: such a baby bond baby fucking bond Uh,
1: a a little bit I feel like it would have felt the same way Pierce Brosnan taking over would have Mm -hmm. he was definitely younger but it still had the same feeling I think maybe the biggest surprise to me is that this didn't become a blockbuster franchise until the 90s
0: yeah it was still a standard film like you know oh we're gonna it's 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 like what we have now like we always know we're gonna like a fast and the furious yeah Like, we know this is a staple film that we're going to have every other year, probably. And you're just like, okay, that's what we expect. But now it's this huge event, and the director's involved, and the the supporting cast involved, and the spectacle has just become this whole thing. And the mythos behind it is so much deeper. And I love that.
1: It used to be a B-rate movie scene. Mm -hmm. Like, it was... International films that got a little bit of play, and they'd done a whole bunch of them. And yeah, they were. It, it wasn't like they weren't known in the zeitgeist, but they didn't become $100 million movies until 1995. It's like such a legacy to this film franchise. Mm-hmm. But it's just that they've managed to outlast things, yeah. and they've just stuck around for so long, and they did it long enough that they finally figured out how to nail the formula in a certain way. And adapt, which they didn't do for a long fucking time with these movies. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, let's do some ranking, shall we?
0: Okay. uh, We have to, we've we've seen this many films. We have to pit them all against each other now.
1: But before we get to the films, Mm -hmm. let's start with the songs.
0: Oh, okay. We love the songs. Because
1: the songs are such a big deal, too.
0: I mean, I don't know why we even have to have this conversation,
1: because we know what the best song is. <laughs> well, let's start with the bottom three songs, and I'm going to put these out there. You tell me if you agree with this.
0: Okay, and we're doing it this way, because Diana doesn't remember all the songs. So <laughs> I only did my top five, because I can't remember all
1: but of I've, them. But I've got some real stinkers here. Okay. Number three, for your eyes only, Sheena Easton.
0: I don't even remember that song. So cool.
1: Exactly. Cool. It is
0: um, I'm, I'm here so with you.
1: forgettable. I'm just
0: hoping my, one of my top five doesn't end up on your
1: bottom line. It is It is just the absolute pits. Cool. So boring. Number two, a song whose end credits song beat it out to be better, even though this song was featured in the opening. That's right. Cheryl Crow's Tomorrow Never Dies. Oh, yeah. Comes in at number two.
0: See, and that's a good song. It was a good song, but it shouldn't have been that song. It shouldn't have been it.
1: Just the fact that it was like, we hear Katie Lang at the end, and it's like, this song is 8,000 times Katie better. Katie Lang song
0: should have been the opener. Yes. It was a better table setting. It,
1: it's a, such a better Bond song. And finally, number one. I'm gonna break uh, I'm gonna.
0: That song I is guess so... I'll die another day. That song is so bad. It's. It is so
1: bad. It is catchy as fuck. I have to give it that.
0: It is catchy. It's a great dance song. And the way they use it in movie is great. Madonna's cameo in the film, also great. That
1: song sucks. It's such a smart idea. It's such a smart idea to do a dance song, like honestly. But that's the worst version of it. It's very
0: 2000 and it hurts
1: my soul. Oh, it's just the absolute pits. Okay. Okay. This gets us to our top five. Okay. Before we get there, Uh I have three honorable mentions. Oh, fuck. Two of these are not actual Bond songs.
0: Oh, yeah. I know.
1: Because one of them... Is the best song that
0: was ever written in the entire world ever and is the best song. For the
1: mighty Thunderball. Thunderball. I'm sorry. I can't not include Johnny Cash's Thunderball on this list.
0: Anytime I think about that song, it makes me smile. (laughs) And that... Is a win. People.
1: It's it's just so ridiculous, and yet such a good country song. It is like it is. It's just badass. It's so good. And I have to throw this out there because in between doing our last episode and now, I have watched a cut of the original opening sequence of Spectre mm-hmm. to Radiohead's Spectre. Yeah. Holy shit, that song is. 800 times better and that's not to say that writings on the wall is bad but that is to say that that song fit the movie perfectly they turned it down because it was too somber and it was like that's the tone of this fucking movie Mm -hmm. oh it's so good I
0: don't know
1: and finally one that was featured that I want to mention because it is so quintessentially Bond but did not end up in my top five Mm -hmm. and it might end up on yours is You Only Live Twice
0: that is on my list.
1: <laughs> that song is fantastic. Okay. But it did not make my top five. That's
0: so, fair. But it is, a f- it is a phenomenal song. Okay.
1: For you, what is your number five? Number
0: five is Live and Let Die, Paul McCartney.
1: That was my number five as well. Absolutely.
0: It's so great. It's a great song. And I've sang it for so many days after we listened to it.
1: It is not top tier. No. Because it's, it's not quintessentially Bond. But it's such a memorable entry in the Pantheon. And like of all the pure pop songs mm-hmm. that got used, not the actual like mixture that we get into with the top ones, mm-hmm. this is the best among that bunch. Yeah. Nobody Does It Better as a great song, but this is a better song than that. It is. What's your number four?
0: You Know My Name by Chris Cornell.
1: Ooh, okay, okay. It's
0: very good. And I here's the other thing is for me, most of these songs, I also pick them because they stand alone apart from the movie.
1: Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. I went with The World Is Not Enough by Garbage for my number four.
0: That's my number three.
1: I think it's a fantastic song. Mm -hmm. What I think is great about that song is it is both classic, but has enough elements of what makes Garbage, Garbage that it's still recognizable as one of their songs. Mm -hmm. So I think it's definitely a great one on the list. My number three, I got to give it up for Goldfinger.
0: I really thought about putting Goldfinger, but the thing is, I don't like Shirley Bassey
1: whoa i just don't
0: oh I know you that's, i know i know that's like saying you don't like Goldfinger the movie it's Dame just surely like, bassy
1: goodness
0: i just i just don't really like it
1: disrespect
0: no this is not my thing no
1: i get you i agree with you that it does not stand apart from the movie not even a little bit but it's so fucking good it it's very good th- for the film talk about a table setting That is the best table setting song in the movie franchise for me. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that other songs aren't better, but that song fits that movie like a glove. Mm -hmm. All right. What is your number two? Skyfall by Adele. Wow. Yeah. That's your number two.
0: As annoying as that song got, I'm like, this song is
1: gorgeous.
0: And here's the thing. Part of the reason why I don't like Shirley Bassey is because I prefer Adele's voice and she was channeling her so much in Skyfall.
1: My number 2 is You Know My Name by Chris Cornell.
0: Okay. All right.
1: All right. That song is so badass and so perfect.
0: Oh, that song is amazing. I just and the and that song married with that sequence is perfect.
1: Like of all the songs that we talked about, that's the one I couldn't get out of my head. Oh, okay. Over and over again partially because I'm a sucker for a grunge a grunge I musician know. doing a bond theme I but know. like also it's just that good yeah so well, skyfall is my number one there's okay. there's no debating why it's number one so I'm very curious what is your number one I song
0: don't tell you
1: it's you only live twice <laughs>
0: It's You Only Live Twice by Nancy Sinatra. I fucking love that song. Uh, I do. I love it from this movie. I love it from when they used it in Mad Men. And the thing is, it gets in my head and then I'm singing it and then I'm like in this daze from it. I love that song.
1: For me, I think the reason it didn't wind up higher on my list is I feel like it does fit the movie. Don't get me wrong, but it doesn't fit the movie quite as well as the others. I understand that, but I just really love the songs. So and it probably it's me putting Goldfinger kicks that one out, unfortunately.
0: Well, you did give it as an honorable
1: mention. Absolutely, because it's that good. It's fair. Wow. I, I'm just amazed that it went ahead of Skyfall for you, but... I like
0: it that much more.
1: That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. All right. Now for the movie rankings. So okay. we're going to start with the bottom three. Mm-hmm. Then... I have ranked all 25 of these. Which
0: is just excessive and wrong.
1: I just couldn't help myself. So I want to go through the middle Mm -hmm. and see how you feel where these movies sit. Okay. And then we'll do our top five. Okay. What is your third worst Bond movie? A View to a Kill. Interesting. That just makes it on the outside at 22 for me. I mean, it is bad. I don't think it's- It's bad and it's long. But there's there's another more movie that's better and longer.
0: Yeah, that's probably that's my number two. <laughs> that's for your eyes only.
1: Yeah, that is that is my number two worst for sure. Yeah. That is, it is not the longest Bond movie. No, but it feels like the it longest. movie. It feels Bond like the movie. longest Bond. Movie. It is so boring. It
0: feels longer than the Craig films, and those movies are long.
1: Like it feels like a full movie has happened, and you're only an hour in. I'm like. What are we doing? Why? Why? Why Why are we? (laughs) My number three was The World is Not Enough. Oh, okay. Now, I know it it is not the worst movie, and we have some opinions about it. It's like, these people are doing a good job. But again, I've never watched a movie in my life where literally on a line, the whole thing falls apart. It's true. (laughs) And watching that train wreck, I just had to put it down the list. So what is your worst Bond movie?
0: Diamonds Are Forever.
1: Diamonds Are, are forever.
0: forever. It's so bad. It's, it's so bad. And you can tell everyone in this movie does not give a shit.
1: Specifically Sean fucking Connery. Yeah. And like. Like, oh my God. And
0: that's painful. It's pa- it's painful to watch him in that movie.
1: It's painful to watch him in that movie after you realize that it was like, look, watching George Lazenby do what he did was pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. But like, had Sean Connery been in that movie It would be up there in the best of all time. Yeah. And it would be up there in the best of all time, like movies, because that story was perfect for Connery. Mm -hmm. But like, it's just so painful then that he comes back and just does this absolute turd (laughs) with the worst plot, the worst bitrate actors around him. It's just awful. Mm -hmm. So that leads me into this list. And I want you to give me a yay or nay on where you think these are ranked. A View to a Kill comes at number twenty-two.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Live and Let Die comes next. Okay, The Living Daylights and License to Kill come in right after that. Okay, down the list, but not all the way down, because I like Dalton.
0: Yeah, no, I, I when I was going through, I was just like, okay, what are they going to be? And I was like, Dalton gets a pass because they tried. <laughs> <laughs> they're not. <laughs> that was my opinion. They tried.
1: They're not great movies, but they're also not bad, and they're worth your time as mm-hmm. just like a pass some time, watch a random movie. Octopussy comes next because it isn't terrible.
0: Lady Butcher's does a lot.
1: Doctor No comes next because yes, it is boring, but it is quintessential and important to the franchise. It's like
0: a necessary bore.
1: Yeah. Uh, the Man with the Golden Gun. Mm-hmm. Quantum of Solace comes next. Okay. Middle of the road and down the list because it just doesn't even feel like a Bond movie. Okay. Never Say Never Again. Yeah. Because it is hokey as shit, but it is fun. It's a fun one. And hokier and more fun, Moonraker. (laughs) Okay. And then 11 comes You Only Live Twice. Okay. It is so problematic.
0: It's super problematic. Racism is a problem with all of the early Bond movies. Yeah. So it just sucks. It just sucks.
1: That's what Tanks Live and Let Die so low for me, Yeah. is that it's not the worst movie, but it is so bad like so terrible in how it deals with race mm-hmm. and you only live twice is pretty fucking bad Yeah, but aside from that plot element that movie rocks mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's just one of those god damn why did you not fix that alright we're into our top 10 mm-hmm. at number 10 tomorrow never dies okay the movie was good okay number 9 comes specter okay number 8 the spy who loved me Number seven on Her Majesty's Secret Service. And that would get an honorable mention from me. Okay. Number six being Thunderball. Okay. So okay. we get into our top five. What is your fifth best Bond film?
0: Okay, well, I will also say that my honorable mention
1: is Thunderball. Great honorable mention there.
0: Number five is The Spy Who Loved Me.
1: Ah, uh, that is a good one.
0: Mm-hmm. I, just, I, I just felt like that kind of... For once, we kind of had a Bond girl that lasted throughout the entire movie. Yeah, which was different. We've we never had had that, and we still haven't really had that. And it was just it just kind of played with that, like who's the spy? Because we had a couple of different spies there, and it was cute, and it was fun, and it was good.
1: Yeah, no, I it it's it's top ten for me. Number Mm -hmm. five for me was Goldeneye. Okay, first of all, I think we have a Bond girl who is through the entire movie. We have Natalia.
0: But she's not working with Bond the
1: whole time.
0: That's fair. I just, I. Like, no, I like, I I get what you're saying.
1: I love the agency they imbued that character. Yes, she had a lot of agency. And that helped her give a really great performance. Not to mention coming out of the gate that strong after kind of just flatlining as a movie series Mm -hmm. and the action and how packed it is. You know, Some of this is probably nostalgia for me because it was my first Bond movie, but man, it holds up. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, look, if I have to tell you to watch five of these movies, this is going to be one of them. Mm -hmm. All right. What's your number four?
0: Number four is Goldfinger.
1: Mm, Okay.
0: It's from where all the history comes from. I mean, like there's no big villain set piece without pointing towards Goldfinger. Yeah. And not just in Bond films. Anything that has to do with espionage, any film, TV show that has something to do with spies, they're looking at Goldfinger.
1: It's quintessential.
0: It is. It's, and, and so for that, it's not only amazing in the series, it's, it's amazing in film history. Yeah. I would point to this more than I would any of the Stanley Kubrick crap you made me watch. (laughs) This is a better movie than any of the Stanley Kubrick crap.
1: You're you're not wrong.
0: I'm not wrong. I am very
1: right. Not crap, but you're not wrong. Uh, my number four is going to be from Russia with Love. That is not a perfect movie. Nope. But it has come up so many times mm-hmm. in how we evaluated the other movies. Yep. And the tension, the sort of Hitchcock thrillerness to it, that is honestly different than I think I've seen in almost any of these movies mm-hmm. like they've all chased that feeling yeah and I don't think any of them have quite gotten there
0: that's my number three
1: yeah it's it's just it's, so good
0: it's great it does the romance really well it, yeah <laughs> it, well, okay it's always subjective but it's okay it's very sexy
1: that is definitely true it's
0: extremely sexy and compelling. The attention is there.
1: The villain is so fucking the good. The villain is
0: great. And the stakes feel real without having to do all this stupid exposition.
1: Yeah. It drags and that's its biggest flaw.
0: But it's still fun. And then the whole train sequence, which is amazing. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah,
1: so it's it- seeing that and being like, they did this fight in 1960 fucking three. Yep. Uh, this looks better than things you could see in movies now. <laughs> yes. It's, it's very good. My number three is going to be Casino Royale. It is a great movie. I am not going to deny it that. On rewatch, it had a couple problems for me. And that was just me. I know that's not everybody's take on this. But for me, it just just doesn't quite get top tier for me. Mm-hmm. What is your number two?
0: My number two is on Her Majesty's Secret Service.
1: Wow. Wow. That movie is so good. In In thinking about it a lot... Cause we we absolutely loved it at the time. We thought it was great.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I've reevaluated it and I was like, it is absolutely top ten material. Mm-hmm. But I also recognize I was like, there is a factor that drags this for me, and it is George Lazenby.
0: That's fine. That also goes into what I want in Bond. And I love his James Bond.
1: That's fair. But I was like, if I have to judge this movie on its own merits, he doesn't have enough experience to convince me yet. <laughs>
0: And I don't think that's his fault in that movie. Oh, no, no.
1: No. But it doesn't it's why it pushes it down the list.
0: What's your number two?
1: My number two is Skyfall.
0: Okay, yeah. That that makes sense.
1: Again, it's my 1A1B. I I know. And it delivers everything out of the Bond movies while twisting it at the same time to a modern sensibility.
0: Listener, please know, we've argued about this
1: a lot. Like, a lot. (laughs) I mean, I just it's obviously gonna go above Casino Royale, but I did wind up putting it at number two. Yeah. So, what is your number one movie? It's
0: Casino Royale.
1: Of course it's Casino Royale.
0: <laughs> I mean, okay, has there been any other time where I have watched a movie three times before we sat down to record it, voluntarily?
1: On your own volition.
0: Now, I've watched episodes of television three times. I've had to watch a movie more than once because I've missed something or I need to go like double check something. I've never voluntarily watched a very long movie. This movie <laughs> is not short. No, three full times with all of my attention, all of my. Att- I was fully paying attention.
1: It's a great movie. It's just Fucking not amazing. at the top of my list. It's
0: number one. It's number one. <laughs> it's the best.
1: My number one is Goldfinger.
0: Yeah, that makes sense to me.
1: I just, to me, Connery is looking down at all of the other movies being like live up to this mm-hmm. because this is the absolute quintessential perfect bond performance the villain is classic mustache twirling while also feeling real i
0: don't i don't think that's sean connery i think that's the movie it's the movie i think it's the movie between i think that's just one of those play, things where and I, I i think you and our guest jamie said this about skyfall is that all the elements work together perfectly oh yeah you know, you had the writing, you had the directing, you had the acting, you had the sets, you had everything was working together perfectly for this thing, and now it's this monolith and- And,
1: and culture. Yeah. It is so ridiculously over the top, and yet you believe it.
0: But it, but in a good way.
1: Yeah. At, at no point does it feel like this couldn't be real. It was like, no, somebody could be this weird and crazy. Mm-hmm. So it, it takes the top spot for me every time. Yeah. All right. This leads us to- Probably the hardest part of this discussion. We're going to have to rank our bonds. That's not hard. It's not hard? No. Who is your worst bond? Dalton. Oh, no. It's Roger Moore for me.
0: There are no bad bonds.
1: I love Roger Moore. But in terms of bond and portraying bond, God, it's Drek halfway through this thing, man. No,
0: it's, no, but see, I liked Roger Moore. Because I uh, hear I liked I liked Dalton. I had no problems with Dalton. But I kind of feel like Dalton didn't want to do it. I, I here's when i'm watching dalton i feel like they finally talked me into it i was finally available and they talked me into it and so i'm doing this movie
1: see that's how i feel from for the last three movies of roger moore the entire time
0: that's fair probably true but i don't care because i don't the, the, those are where his worst movies come from i pay attention to his first ones when I, and i liked roger moore when he first showed up too when his movies are good they're great and he's adorable he's the horniest fucking bond and he's adorable
1: I just that the last few movies tainted it for me badly, and it stinks. That's fine. Well,
0: bo- Moore's number five for me.
1: That's fair. Uh, my number five is George Lazenby. I'm
0: so wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I'm
1: so Look, wrong. George Lazenby is perfectly fine. Again, there are no bad bonds. But I really had to take it as: Am I going to judge it based on potential, or am I going to judge it based on what I saw? And from what I saw, it was like you're not there yet. You're just not there yet. It felt like Sean Connery and Doctor No, and that was it. That was just what I saw in that movie. I thought everything else was great, but he was the weak link to me.
0: Here's the reason why I liked it. I watched him. I had no expectations. That's fair. I didn't expect him to be Sean Connery. I expected him to be a different dude playing James Bond, and I had a lot of fun with that.
1: That is fair. That Mm -hmm. is 100% fair. Who's your number four?
0: Number four is Brosnan.
1: Mm, My number four is Timothy Dalton.
0: Okay. Because
1: I really... Those movies... I loved Dalton being Bond. I felt like he got it. Mm -hmm. Everything else around him sucked to me. Mm -hmm. That was my thing. And it it just, I was like, no, you read as James Bond 1000%. I just don't think anything around you works. Yeah. Pierce, yeah, Pierce is my number three. Okay. Because the highs of Pierce Brosnan are awesome. And he was so fucking hot.
0: I mean, it was all Goldeneye. And then it was just, hmm.
1: (laughs) Uh, Tomorrow never dies other than the cheesy one-liners. He's still really good. He's still
0: good, and he's attractive in all of it. But it's still very, like, all right, whatever.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think we've got the same one and two.
0: No, because my number three is Connery.
1: Oh, damn. Mm -hmm. Oh, damn.
0: (laughs) He has no acting range throughout all of his films. (laughs) <laughs> he has no emotional depth. <laughs> like he's hot as fuck. He's very entertaining. He can get all the ladies. There's there's no emotional stakes with this man.
1: Oh no, I I do not agree with you. That's cool. He is my number two. That's fine. Cause he's Sean fucking connery
0: he's, he's still sean fucking connery <laughs> he's james F- here's the thing they're all james fucking boss
1: i know <laughs> like- but like his stature his presence he could be funny if he needed to be he could also be brutal if he needed to be
0: yeah but you know what he can't sit down and cry and some of these other gentlemen can i'd never fucking believe this from sean connery so um. no Mm. no I, I couldn't even see him being angrily upset i wish that i'd gotten the chance i don't disagree but it he this james bond never capable hmm. not sean connery is not capable as an actor he yeah is. no i get you this james bond is not capable therefore he is number three well all right all right what's your number two that me. Be- okay i that cheeky bastard i went to him i was like you cheeky fucker i like this <laughs> I like this cheeky fucker because you're like, I'm hot shit. I know it. And I love that. I, I really like that in The Secret Agent. And I like it in the James Bond character. And that's why my number one is Daniel Craig. Because that is my favorite fucking quality in his James Bond. It's just like, fuck all of you guys.
1: <laughs> yeah, no. Daniel Craig gets number one. Yeah, Hands like, down.
0: That's that's my favorite quality. And we get so much of it. And I only got the tiniest bit of it with Lazombe. And like, it's not Lazenby's, well, it's a little bit Lazenby's fault. It's not totally his fault. They abandoned him very quickly.
1: It's a confluence of bullshit. Yeah. I mean, they abandoned him quickly because he made it fucking clear he wasn't going to do it.
0: They didn't support him at all. The second it got difficult, they did not commit to him in any way, shape or form. And he was out there all by himself. And so he was like, fuck this. I'm not doing this. He And he, he was young. So he had no reason to commit to them. Yeah. Like, fuck, he... He made a stupid choice, yes. but he also made the right choice because the studio was not going to bat for him. Oh, and they no, should have. Never. They put him in a horrible situation. <laughs> and they, basically it was like old studio days and they were just fucking him over. So like on the on the one hand it's like, dude, but at the same time, good for you for getting out. You're it's still just, James fucking Bond.
1: Like this whole franchise again is it, it is a tale of what could have fucking been. Whoo, That's it. 26 fucking movies.
0: We did 26 and we have one more to go and they are not going to get to see it till this fall and hopefully everyone will be safe and all the conditions will be good and we'll get to see it in the theater on the big screen. If not, we'll just be watching it at home. Yeah. That's okay. We're going to enjoy it one way or the other.
1: (laughs) Whenever it finally comes out, we're going to see it.
0: We're going to see it whatever way we're able to safely see it. Absolutely. Uh, That's what we're going to do. That's what we want everyone to be able to do. So if you've been on this journey with us thank you so much this has been so much fun and we hope to do a really big survey group chat big conglomeration of conversation when the new one comes out about what 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 we all think and what we hope and then the future of bond after that it's it's gonna be fun we're looking forward to it but for now but for now it's time for a break
1: Uh uh-huh uh
0: we're gonna take a a Decent-sized break. We didn't take our after-Oscar hiatus that we usually do to do this, and that ended up kind of working in a weird way for us. So we're going to take the rest of May and most of June off, and when we come back at the end of June, we're going to have our new series.
1: It's summer action time, y'all.
0: It's going to do our action-packed summer. It is time for us to finally hit all those action films that we have been woefully behind on seeing
1: so many genres and flavors of action a
0: couple different genres a few a few franchises we're gonna have some guests
1: i'm gonna sure yeah
0: some guests on some some friends of ours to hang out we may go hang out with some other friends we're very
1: excited it's gonna be a whole thing
0: it's gonna be a whole thing
1: explosions yeah special effects Mm -hmm. and awesome
0: so this show's gonna go dark for a little while our My Little Pony season seven is going to be coming up here pretty soon. We've been woefully behind on that as well. Life, quarantine, mm-hmm. but we're we're ramping up production on that one, so that should be coming back. Riverdale season four is about to be done as well. Woo! So we'll be taking a break on that, and then Dave and I are both working on our other projects. I'm, so many things. Yes, I am hanging out over on the Role to Play Network. I am a co-host of the Powered by the Players podcast which is where we play powered by the apocalypse games and little mini campaigns with a diverse group of players each week and then i'm also a cast member of the space agers which is a kids on bikes teens and space actual play podcast and then i also have a new podcast that is that will be coming out in july so you'll just have to keep keep a lookout for all of that
1: stuff and I have a lot of projects coming up, some of them that I can't talk about yet, but you can find out more information about those at Big Mac and Pod. And I also have an audio drama that I'm currently in the process of writing called Hand in Glove. And you can find out more information about that at Glovecast on Twitter.
0: So until next time.
1: Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.